Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions, and the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Cool. All right, are we, are we live? Or? We've been live. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. We're just kicking it. All right. Uh, I'll do it official. Um, hey, hey, what's going on? What's happening? What's cracking, people? This is Marcus Kwame, and very cool, happy cool, to be cool. back. Uh, be black and be back for a very special <laughs> episode. Always happy to be black uh, for a very special Copyright episode. Copyright that. That's good. That's good. very good. <laughs> I might have to be part of the official new intro. Uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we just have to keep that. I like that. Um, but yes, yeah, we're happy to be black and back with um, two very esteemed guests. Um, very excited. It's one of those. Uh, I mean, Voltron was was five lions. So, but it's it's like a it's like a two man Voltron of, of comic book uh, creating mm. greatness uh, who've united to bring you this amazing Kickstarter that is in its final final four days as of the time of this broadcast. So. While you listen, um, use whatever device you're on to go to the to, to the link and find more. But um, yeah, without we'll share any further, the link too. We'll share yeah, it. we'll share the link. We'll make sure you know how to get to it. Um, and I will tell you, uh, give you a little suspense. The um, in a, in a minute, the campaign that we're speaking of. But before that, as always, I'm going to quickly introduce the crew. Um, today is a dynamic duo because uh, Tony is on the road. But Tony's in at- Town. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. He's in the shy, holding it down. But um, that voice you just heard right there is my brother from another mother, creating partner in crime, my man Leo. Yeah, what's going on? I was trying to think of a duo for them to be, and the only thing that jumped to me was Wonder Twins. But there's a better duo. What's yeah, a better? A what's a better? Kids, du- is there a better duo they can be than the? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's almost like like playing them. You guys, let's see. Batman we'll, we'll think Superman. about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, that, yeah, but there's a lot of friction in that, <laughs> that pairing. There's a lot of. But you know what? Usually, one person like you in most duos like leans towards either Batman or. So it's I don't know. Like if if you guys were to be Batman and, and Robin, you know what? We'll get to that when we do the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of getting jumping right into the discussion. But um, uh, first up, uh, we got um, I don't even know who to start with. Let, let, let's start with the creator of, of the award winning uh, uh, Crescent City Monsters um, and, you know, the, the man behind Dream Fury Comics. We got returning to the show, uh, Newton Lillivoy. How you doing, Newton? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, man! So he got the shirt pleasure. and all. He's like prepared. He's like, yeah. It's like when you go to the show and you got the shirt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta represent the brand. Hell yeah! Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, we got to get our merch game on point, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll get there. We'll, Side we'll convo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I mentioned before, we have we have a uniting of of comic creators. Um, also returning to this show, you know, the man behind Ray Comics, and uh, he's, he's he's here to to talk all about the new villainous uh, collabo. We got T.J. Sterling. Yo, what's going Eddie, on, everybody? It's good, man. Yes, sir. Happy doing, to be man? here. Happy to be back. Great to see you guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Is the beard man. new? I can't remember. Is the beard new? No, I think you were rocking the no, beard last time. The beard's yeah, old. It's the been, been here for a while. I didn't know if that was pandemic yeah. beard because I'm kind of going with the pandemic beard thing. But it's man. been a minute though. I think it was the pandemic last time we spoke. I can't remember. Last time, we time, talked, time, yeah, it time is crazy. Probably yeah. just starting out. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's yeah. true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, fellas, I mean, so we're here to to to, to speak about villainous. Um, uh, definitely eye-catching art, right, right off the jump, which I mean is always a, a plus with the Kickstarter. But um, you know, before we get into the art and everything, like, tell us, tell us a little bit about. Um, well, you know, what? let's rewind. We always do the the intro um, origin stories. So, can you guys give us, uh, you know, a brief origin for anyone who didn't catch you last time of how you got into comics, both as a reader and as a creator? Yeah, so I can start. Um, yeah, so. I started collecting comics when I was 11 years old, um, and then you know I fell in love with me the medium, and um, like a other like a lot of other comic book creators, I started you know um, who's probably shares the same origin story. Um, I started just creating my own comic books at, at a young age. I started drawing my mm-hmm. own comic books and selling it to classmates, and um, that's when I, I caught the bug. Right, I, I just fell in love with just creating comic books. Now, um, at the same time, I was also into computer programming. So, um, that the comic creating comic books took like a, um, a backseat to computer programming because you know, when you have a choice between you know being a comic book creator and a computer programmer, most people you know steer you towards a computer programmer, of course. So, um, so that's what I did. But writing was a thing that. I, I kind of stuck to in you know high school. I took creative writing classes and also in college, and I'd also write um, little stories here and there. And you know I always have these stories in my mind. And it wasn't until maybe I think it was like five or six years ago, uh, I was on Kickstarter and um, I was a I used to back a lot of gadgets on Kickstarter, and so um, I noticed they had a comic book section. And so I was like, all right, let me check this out. And I realized, like, a lot of the comic book creators who were on their project on the projects were people just like me. They were, you know, um, they had regular jobs and they did this on the side. They were fulfilling their dreams of creating comics. And I was like, yo, this this is what I need to be doing, too. So um, I did some research and I was like, all right, uh, the way I'm going to approach this is because, you know, every uh, comic book creator has their own different way of um uh, I guess, starting out in the co- comic book field, right? I decided, all right, so I'm going to start up, start off as a web comic and then build an audience and then launch a Kickstarter. And um, and that's exactly what I did. Um, you, you'd be surprised at how, much, um, how many people, even though they could get your content for free online, they actually still prefer to back you and support you and buy that physical book. So that's the model I've always been using. Um, and... Um, it's worked so far, and I'm I'm probably gonna continue using it, you know. And, and, and I still do um, comic cons, but um, Kickstarter is also one of my um, my biggest way of growing my audience. 
Were there were there writers when you were younger collecting comics that you attached to? Were there like specific writers that you were like, yo, this, yo, this person? When I was younger, um, so I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the writers. I, the first time I actually paid attention to who wrote a comic book was um, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. I was like, well, oh, that's that that blew me away, and actually, like, you know, opened the book and said, who is this? You know, and actually. Uh, took a look at who wrote it, and um, that was the first time. So I would say Frank Miller um, is it was like the, my first um, comic book who author who I was like, wow, I'm just kind of inspired by. Isn't that interesting? How like with the big two, like back in the day, there was just like the it was it was about the brand, not the creators. The creators were like always right. downplayed, and even like Marvel, like I feel like Marvel's collected trades as of like I don't know seven years ago would still not put creator names on it. They're like, it's Daredevil. Just, you're going to buy it. Just, it's, it's fucking Daredevil book. Like, just buy the yeah. shit. Um, and then, and now we like, I feel like we, we are more creator oriented. Like, uh, on the whole. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, definitely it, post, what, like 2000 maybe? Like, I, around I that like time. I it started, was... but they were still, but Marvel books were still coming out post 2000 without creators on it. And I want to say, creators. I want to say the same for DC maybe. Maybe the same for DC. You no, know, I think DC might have been ahead. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, you're right. There was definitely like a before and after. It was it. something. There, there's like an element of like you know, like like reading liner notes on jazz LPs. You know, where you're yeah, like, yeah. Yo, I want to know who wrote. Like, I need to look into the fine print and be like, oh, this person wrote the shit. You know. Yeah. Well, not to sidetrack too much, but I don't know how y'all feel, but like the, this, you know how like some some modern comics will will save the creators for like the the last page of yeah. the book. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that because I, I feel like. <laughs> don't they do that with the big swingers though? Do they do that with the little guys? I don't know, but I just, I, I feel like I want to know it. Like ever since I was a little kid, I, I like you know getting right to page two or three and knowing who Hell who's me. on this book. It's like oh, is, don't is keep that it a new secret. Thing? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't picked up like a regular. Yeah, it comic. it doesn't it doesn't happen that often. It, oh. But but like sometimes it's not even like a. But rule, when it you happens, know, you feel sorted by that shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, you my boys. <laughs> Why are you keeping them secret? You know what I mean? And some, cause no, I noticed it because there will be times where it's like it's an artist I'm not familiar with, but I like really like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like. And but then I'm like, all right, if I turn to the last page to see who this is, I'm gonna spoil right, like, right, right. Happens, you know. But anyway, that's that's a sidetrack. But um, okay, yeah. also I wanted to say uh, like yeah, I guess when I think back, like Dark Knight Returns, that was a big one too, because like I don't that know. It was if a you, moment. It was a moment. Yeah, I don't know if you had the same edition, but like on mine there was like a Stephen King shout out, and they had like Frank Miller's picture on the back, so mm-hmm. it was like more real. Than a lot of I can't other. remember on the issues on the on the. No, it was the on the book on the book version. Because I had yeah. the I had the issues. I feel like, I feel like I probably read it first in the issues. Not because I collected them that early, but because I I fished them out of them. the I fished them out of the cheapo box. <laughs> there were yeah. like stray issues in there. I can't remember uh, um, if it had. No, yeah, the collected did. Yeah, the collected did. had like a picture because you didn't use the sea creators back but then. But I want to say it didn't have a photo of Lynn Varley, which is sort of fucked up. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. come on, man. Like that's I know. that's Liv like Livvall is half the reason like his she work is so beautiful. Book. Oh my god! Absolutely. Like, yeah, like yeah. that and others. Like Electra Assassin. Like uh, not Electra Assassin. The other one, the, um, the second Electra book that he did with her. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, shout out Lynn Varley. Right, cool. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to shout out Frank. I don't, I don't know what's Nah, like, man, nah. You know, we, we, we know we know too much now. We yeah. know too much. <laughs> shout out Lynn though, for real. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, cool. Uh, so, TJ, yeah, like, um, so, yeah, tell us your origin story. And then, yeah, also, who's uh, an early inspiration of yours? Yeah, no, um, shoot, man. I, I've loved comics since, like, the early 80s, man. Like, I think it's the, one of the first first things I was given to, like, you know, help with my reading and comprehension in, like, you know, grade school and whatnot. And um, I think I was hooked, like, early 90s, 1992, X-Men number one, Jim Lee comes out, mm-hmm. and it's got, like, the yeah. eight gatefold yeah. cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Hot Just shit. Kind of a <laughs> mind-blowing moment in comics just to yeah. see how incredible the art was. And then, you know, McFarlane and, and the whole image era, like, everything kind of came in waves after that. And I think at that point, I really knew I wanted to draw comics. Um, just didn't know how I was going to do it. So I spent most of my young adult, you know, life going to, you know, art school, taking lots of art classes during the summer, um, getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts in illustration from uh, New Jersey City University in Jersey City, uh, working as an intern at Marvel. And then shortly after that, starting my own company, Ray Comics, and really just to tell cool stories, man. Like, I think for me, the the image era really inspired me because it was all about creating your own vision and doing what you wanted to do. And I think that's what's great about independent comic books now is that you have the freedom to really tell really, really unique stories and hold nothing back. You know, isn't it weird? Like, am I wrong? Like, the image, uh, the image of birth and boom, the genesis and the boom, preempted, like, the dot-com craze but there's something very dot commy about when image started because image was just like yeah we're just doing it like not only are we doing it however we want to do it like it's almost like their thesis was we've all been fucked for years and now we're (laughs) gonna own all the shit and no one's gonna fuck us and it's our shit and it's gonna it's gonna come out when it comes out which is another problem with image comics but but it's weird like it, it had this like almost startup energy and yeah, it was no, exciting to like be on the ground floor of it as a fan, like to be reading it and being like, "Holy shit!" Like these guys, like, you know, like people don't know about Shadowhawk these days, but Shadowhawk was like, Shadowhawk like tore up the industry. It was crazy. It was crazy yeah. what Shadowhawk was doing, and it was like, yeah, that was a not big two book. Um, yeah, image. Actually, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Image, you know, was basically yeah, it was a startup, you know, before the dot net. Straight up yeah, and down. Definitely. Yeah, like it was just like. We're just like gonna throw our throw our hats into this ring, and like it could have bombed, and it and and you know what? Many uh, there were plenty of, of of publishers back then and labels back then that did that did bomb that like yeah. tried to do what Image did and like did not make it. All right. And, you know. But they had they they you know united like a a bunch of artists who had who kind of had people's attention. Interestingly, I mean to your yeah. previous point about like how it was a time when they didn't necessarily put the artist's name on the cover, but people knew, you know, like Todd McFarlane and uh, Mark Silvestri, you know, yeah, Dale Keown. Dale Keown. Yeah, I think a new issue of Pitt's going to come out soon. I think eventually. Wait, for real? No. I was going to say. (laughs) He's been working on it. He's been working on it. It's coming. It's going to be like that. (laughs) You got me, man. (laughs) What came out? I mean, you know, a lot of stuff is coming back to life. Mad Max Fury Road was 30 years later, so I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's never too late. Yeah. No. So, all right, cool, fellas. So, all right, so let's um, let, let's talk about about villains. Um, 
you know, uh, I guess before we jump into it, like, like how how did Vilnius? Uh, what was what was the origin like with, with y'all? How did how did it come to be? Yeah, so- I was gonna quickly say that um, you know, Vilnius really was like the was born out of um, a conversation that me and Newton were having right around the time of the uh, George, George George Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. Um, the social consciousness of America at that time was really kind of in, in turmoil. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot of people who were really, really angry and upset about the police brutality. I think, you know, we just, we had already spent years prior seeing it happen over and over and over again. And at that time, I think there was just, there was just a lot of anger, you know what I'm saying? So me and Newton, we're having a conversation because we've been boys. We've been friends for a long time. We've gone done a lot of conventions together. Um, you know, again, been in a lot of different events and we're just like, what if there was a character that stood up to, you know, the, the powers that be the government that challenged the system, but instead of wanting to reform the system, he wanted to basically destroy and rebuild that system from the ground up. So, um, even like the, 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 the error of where we were, we were thinking like we were, we like, we feel like we're broken at, at times. We feel like we're, our social consciousness has been shattered. And that's really where the name shatter comes from for the main character who's in Vilna. So again, it's really, it echoes what we were going through at that time and what we were seeing. Yeah. And then to, to build on that, we wanted to shatter that. Uh, we wanted him to be an anti-hero, right? Because like TJ said, um, Shadow, the main character, he's not interested in reforming the, the system, right? Most most heroes, that's what they're they're interested in, right? If some they feel like something's broken, let's let's fix it. But his mindset is like, hey, it's so broken that it just needs to be destroyed. So um, that was one of the reasons why we called it villainous, right? He his his intentions isn't he's an anti-hero, and it just seems. Like and nobody really wants to destroy civilization, right? Even if you complain about it, right? Nobody wants to start from scratch, right? Um, but uh, there are people who are angry enough. Like if they're put in a situation, they're angry enough. They do want the system to um, to be destroyed. And if that happens with enough people, you know, um, it becomes a problem, right? And that's one of the 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 the, the things that we're doing with Shatter is that. His his anger is actually um, influencing the citizens of his world, right? They're slowly, they're, they're so slowly kind of like gravitating to, to his anger and saying, you know, maybe he is right. And so he's become he's become um, uh, trouble for both sides, right? No matter whether you're the left or the right, they don't want the system to be destroyed because they they're still a part of it. They just want to fix it or manipulate it in any manner that they want. So um, there's there's uh, shatter right there in the middle ready to destroy everything from um from both sides so it's like he's 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 that 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 ultimate anti-hero so does that stem from like um like a dissatisfaction with this you know sort of like binary status quo that has like i mean i was i was i was it's not emerged it's it's been there it's you could you could argue it's been fortified in the wake of 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 stuff like the murder of George Floyd and uh, you know everything up to today. Like, does it come from like a frustration or a dissatisfaction or a resentment of like that 
kind of status quo upholding, I guess. Yeah. So as as the story goes on, you're gonna and you're gonna feel the anger of Shadow. You're gonna understand. Okay. You're gonna see the okay. Um, Shadow wants to destroy the system, and we're gonna show you how corrupt the system is, right? And as you as the story progresses, you're gonna see that it's 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 even deeper than that. It's on a personal level too, not just on a a level like a macro level like just society. Mm-hmm. It's also on a, that personal micro level where he's um he's 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 got this personal reason why he's he's so angry too and it's all related and connected um i don't want to spoil too much but that's that's pretty much where his anger comes from also right yeah i mean i yo i feel that because leo and i were literally this afternoon kind of talking about um a a lot of you know related issues and you know one one thing is especially when it comes to like you know the, the, to, to to law enforcement and the issues that we face there, it's like, it is the idea of like reform. And I think we have come to a point post George Floyd um, and otherwise where we realize that like reform is a sentiment that's been echoed over and over again, but it usually, you know, ends up like reforming, you know what I mean? Something similar or um, so... You know, I mean, I, I think even just that 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 idea that you put out about, um, you know, villainous uh, about a shatter, um, you know, not being content to to merely reform, like like that's that's something I feel like you know, and you're right, like it's like even myself <clears> saying <throat> this, I'm not specifically advocating for like you know burning it all down, um, because I don't necessarily trust human beings to to put it back together in a better way. You know what I'm saying? But like fiction and, and you know, and, and, and science fiction allows us, you know, an avenue and a playground to kind of explore these ideas. So. Yeah, it does. Like, so the um, the story takes place in the future, right? Um, around 2185, uh, a little more than 100 years from now. And in, in it, in this world, we imagine, well, what if Donald Trump won the hearts and minds of America? What if, like, a hundred and something years from now, um, the country m- more reflects his thought, his his thinking, right? Which is not that far-fetched, right? Look what they did in Florida just recently, right? They passed a bill that basically says, you know, they could ignore uh, civil rights history if they wanted to, right? Because <laughs> they, they find it, you know, dis- discomforting. Um, so, you know, and so we're like, okay, what if the future in the future Donald Trump is held as a hero, right? Um, but you always have people an opposing fraction, right? People who um, it, it's it's just natural. It's just the way it is, right? There's always an opposing force, and so you're gonna have that opposing force. And in in our in our story, it's called um, it's a rebel force called Destruct, right? They're they're um, out against the government, and um, Shatter, like I said, he he doesn't really sit on one side, so. While he also has like a loose alliance with this rebel force of destruct, um, it's not like they're really out for the um, the same goals. You know, maybe short term they are, but the long term they're not. So like this, besides uh, <clears throat> fracture, um, shadow um, bumping heads with the the government itself, he's also bumping heads with um, like local local um, terrorist group who we would see um, call heroes, right? Because <laughs> they they want to reform the system. Yeah, and so you know when you have a character like that, it makes it it, it makes an interesting kind of like 
an interesting story because he's he's actually you know not on the side of what we typically would call the good guys, right? Like if he was in Star Wars, he wouldn't necessarily be on the side of the Rebel Force. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When I think about Shatter too, it's like he's kind of like that 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 hero that's kind of always out for himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he's really thinking about number one. And what's kind of cool about what we're trying to do here, man, uh, guys, is that, um, you know, me and Noon love sci-fi, like, a lot. And we really wanted to push the boundaries of, like, cyberpunk. And, you know, we're a huge fan of, like, Mobius and, and like, what, you know, like, the, what the fifth element looked like as a film and just, like, that really lush, really kind of crazy, interesting world. And, like, we were reading a lot of Judge Dredd stuff, too. So, like, a lot of those influences kind of came in there. And um, we're also, again, just back to what we were talking about, the social, which was like, what if, you know, a hundred years from now, like the, this idea of defunding the police you know, came to fruition. And instead of it being a local and government type of thing now, um, law enforcement is privatized by corporations. And what does that look like? You know, like if corporate interests are the most important thing, even above the safety of the public. So it's really kind of an interesting um, thing that we're trying to, like, you know, address within this story. Like, half the shit you guys are talking about is not sci-fi. It's, like, now-fi. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, that's that's the the kind of, like, situation with it. Uh, when when uh, my my comic in Manana, like, sort of explores this notion of a, of a Trump-like figure um, evicting, like, all immigrants, uh, quote-unquote, voluntarily off to the stars, off to space, if they don't want to, like, be here. And, like, it's predicated on that, you know, uh, that xenophobia and, like, that, 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 that alienation that, like, we see that's, like, very present uh, right now. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's very hard to not think about the long tail of something like those four years that we all experienced and to see, like, what that could actually amount to because... That election just happened, but nothing's over. Nothing's been resolved. Nothing's been oh. like put to rest. Nothing has been uh, sated. Uh, if anything, like we've seen this, you know, fervor uh, only only increase. Like since so, so like Newton, it's like Newton when you're talking, I'm just like, oh yeah, oh well, like those people that like you know this like, <laughs> crazy sci-fi idea about those people who thought Trump was a good thing. It's like yeah. shit. Like we're, we're like 70, 70 million or some some yeah insane. I mean we got the con we got the convoys like you know knocking around like fucking idiots yeah. and all, all this shit. Like this shit is like way too present and way too real. Um, and I mean, a, a, a shakeup is sort of I feel eventually inevitable, but I don't know. Like that's just feel. That's not that's not knowledge. That's not like a. That's not a that, uh, that's not a reasoned outlook. It's just like I don't know. We've we've all been trapped in our homes now for years. We were we were trapped in our homes when George Floyd happened, and we're still trapped in our homes. But kettles are boiling. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy because um, you know when when it happened, uh, I forgot who it was. <clears throat> I don't. I, I, I remember who it was, but I don't remember his name. It was it was the guy who was jogging, and he was um, Armin Arbor. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. when that happened, I remember being so angry, like yeah, super angry, like oh my gosh, like 
I, I don't know. You, you, you hear a lot of things like that happen, but then for some reason that, that one really hit me hard. So, um, that's, that's when I was like, you know, I, I felt like, uh, as a writer that I needed to do something to just something to actually help with the anger I was feeling, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I wanted to write something that was, um, that was more like, um, more than just social commentary. It was, it was leaning towards, you know, political really. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to make sure that, um, whoever was angry or as angry as I am feels that anger, in, in what we're writing. And I, I wanted Shatter to be that that character that expresses my anger. You know, like you know, like if 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 I wanted to just burn everything down, <laughs> what would I do? What would I say? You know? Mm. So um so that 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 was kind of like therapeutic, <clears throat> you know, writing the story. Um and you know that that's that's one of the best parts of writing, you know, as you guys know, just being able to kind of express part of your emotions and how you feel about certain things and put it in a book. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, no, I totally get that. Cause it, cause it is, um, you know, there, there is an extent to which we, we watch these things play out and, and we see it be cyclical and you know, happen over and over again. I mean, to your point, even with Ahmad Arbery, the thing that stung so badly with that, obviously beyond the fact that, you know, a black man lost his life unnecessarily is it's a concern. And it's a thing that I've weighed in my mind. If I wanted to, when I wanted to go running at times in my life, you know what I mean? Like it, it's a, it, it's the type of thing that we on a day to day basis have to factor into our, our thought process and our actions. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there is a kind of like, you know, hopelessness that, that you, that one can, you know, come to, with with all that and so yeah like i mean i guess you know to your point like fiction just kind of allows you um an option to to do something with that you know um tj i want i want to real quick uh jump to tj because i think uh tj might have to leave early but i still know if uh you know if you wanted to say peace or if there's there's any um points you wanted to hit before you have to go yeah, unfortunately, I got to cut out, fellas. Um, so I'm just going to pass the baton to my brother Newton so he can just, you know, see you guys the rest of the interview. But, yeah, um, I just wanted to say, you know, Black's Comics Chat, you guys are amazing. I, I love this show. I love what you guys do, and I'm happy to be on. Um, and really, I'm happy to share with you guys something really interesting. I mean, Bill Nuts is really a story like you haven't seen before. It's something really different. And um, it's an opportunity where two creators came together to really, like, put like both of their energies into one book you know what i'm saying and, and really like write it from two different perspectives into one narrative so hmm. it's kind of a really unique experiment and um we're hoping that you guys get a chance to check out the kickstarter um we've got about what four days newton i think we've got about four days now um so again check it out and again you know stay tuned for the rest of the interview because you know newton's got some more stuff for you guys as well cool man all right, good to have you, man. And we'll definitely have to have to speak in the future as you continue to make great things. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, fellas. Appreciate it. See you guys soon. All right. All right. Peace out, man. All right, man. <clears throat> yeah. So, so, yeah, do you, uh, let's see. I'm going to take a quick look right now. We're, uh, we're at $14,349, and we're about to, I guess we're about to make $15,000 soon. 
which is great. Um, just a few minutes before we started the show, I sent out uh, the latest update and uh, I announced uh, our stretch goals. So the, the first stretch goal is going to be for uh, $17,000. Um, and what we're going to do there is we're going to um, provide a PDF of what we call the villainous blueprint. And that's going to be like a, a character Bible and some sketches and uh, inside look as to um, the world of villainous. And so um, that PDF is, is going to be our opportunity to kind of give you an in-depth look at you know, the story and the characters of the world. And it's, it's, it's something that we're excited about because, you know, it's not something you typically could add into um, a comic book, you know, in, in the comic book format. And, you know, there are certain, certain things that, that we have in the story that, that TJ and I talked about that we couldn't, you know, directly put into the comic book. So it's kind of cool to be able to share, you know, some behind the scene thoughts and ideas about the characters. And, you know, I, I thought that would be pretty cool to share. And then the second uh, stretch goal is at 22,000, which will actually be the physical book of that PDF. And so um, our thinking was that with the stretch goals, we wanted to um, provide books, right? Because usually when you back a Kickstarter, especially a comic book Kickstarter, you're, you're backing a book, right? And to have an extra book is like, you know, a plus, right? So we wanted to add a little value to whatever um, uh, tier that you had. So if you if you back the physical tier, you get um, you get an extra physical book. So you know, I'm excited that that we just announced that a few minutes ago. We posted that update, like maybe like ten minutes before this interview. So yeah, you're talking about free shit. Yeah, free that's shit. what you're yeah. talking about. That's, that's yeah. all you gotta say, man. That's, <laughs> that's what people want to hear. You want to hear free shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And maybe that's what I should call it, the free shit. <laughs> uh, free the, shit free shit, the free shit gold, gold tier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was like the, it was like the DJ Clue voice. Free shit! <laughs> Hells yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's that's sort of, like, the, the difficult, like, it's it's shipping. It's things, man. Like, have Kickstarters yeah. been, like, waylaid by, by supply chain issues, like, of late? I, I haven't been I haven't been up on it. I mean, I think everything has, right? But I don't know yeah. what your experience has been, but, like... Yeah. So, um, man, you know what? It's, so, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's been over a year since I did my last Kickstarter. So, um, mm. I'm not sure what the delays are like now, <laughs> you know? And I don't pay, even pay attention to, like, um, the Kickstarters that I, I pledged to. Me neither. Like whether or not it's late. Yeah. yeah. It's I, like a surprise I, at, I, when it yeah. shows up. Right? Yeah. Real, like, yo, real talk, like, I don't respect to everybody who contributes, respect to supporters and stuff, but, like, I don't understand the, like, weird tirades that people go on about how, like, my book isn't here yet. It's like, my dude, like, it's, you know, no one's, like, stealing your book from you. Like, we're just, everybody's just <laughs> trying. Like, there's no reason that a comic book Kickstarter doesn't want you to hold the book that you bought. That's all yeah. they want. That is all these people want in life is that. And I mean, any any time where, you know, the, the, the few instances where somebody like really runs off with the money, that's so full, few and far between. It is. That, and I want to yeah. say, am I crazy? I want to say less so with comic book Kickstarters. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I agree. I, feel like I agree. That virtually never happens. It happens with weird ass products like your yeah. fucking back hair nose trimmer, whatever the hell. And like, it still happens. waiting. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> I know. That's, <laughs> that's a very specific reference. Um, no, and like freaking video yeah, games. Yeah, I lost, I lost $200 on, on the. 
the coolest cooler. I back. I'm not sure if you know that project. Wait, was that the like yeah, wait. It powered? It was like a powered cooler thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like, I know oh. what you're talking about. Yeah, I backed it and uh, I, I never got it. That's different. See, that's different because uh, they, they're yeah. kind of shysty, shysty with all that stuff. Like, yeah, the thing is, they they gave. It's funny because they gave me the opportunity. They were like, oh, um, you know, it's we're selling it on I think Amazon or something. You could buy it there and. Um, you know, uh, for this this so low like price, discount no. you or something? I was like, no, I pay, already paid for it. I'm not gonna pay for, oh like a ransom just to get it. So I was trying to be hardcore. I was like, nah, da, da, da. and you know, um, but I, I just like whatever they were throwing at me to alleviate the situation. I was like, nah. I was like, you guys just need to give me my cooler under the agreement that we agreed to. There you go. And, and I, I, I just, I ended up not getting it because I just, I was just too stubborn. Uh, and I was like, but, but that sucks, man. I mean, like, but that, I mean, I lost count of how many video game Kickstarters I've backed that never came out. Like they're gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this uh, happened in games. This happens. Mm. They overpromise a bunch of shit. And I try to be savvy about that, but yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of game ones and I'm just like, what can you like that's it man like what can you do that's that's the nature of kickstarter but when it comes to comics yeah. kickstarters i feel like there's a different there's a different set of terms i i i i'm sure it happens i just don't see it i don't see like comic kickstarters that have just completely been like no we're not doing it fuck it we take the money that's it i don't know because yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it would make no sense because typically a comic kickstarter doesn't really raise that much yeah and right. if you and if like I mean you know you could do it like let's say you know somebody runs off of like three four thousand dollars that's not really life changing money right right and like then, to ruin <laughs> your cred like to yeah. do that that's like that's yeah. a total waste like your cred and has most, to be worth more than that and most people who could raise more they have such a reputation that they're not gonna take the chance and, absolutely and and screw people over um, and in fact the only time sometimes the only time I realized like my, the Kickstarter is late is when they. Uh, mail me and say, hey, sorry for the delay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, right, I never got that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then yeah. then I'll check to see how much is delayed. If it's like two, three months, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if it's like seven months, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky biz. I mean, like, it's, that's the thing, but, like, you're one of those people that's on both sides of it, you know, same with Sean Pryor, same with, same with a bunch of guests we've had, like, you know, you support and you and you create. Uh, yeah, so you yeah. kind of have that vantage. Um, yeah, I don't know. Marcus and I have been, been talking. I don't know. Yeah. We're talking. Talking about, about it. doing the Kickstarter? Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been you know, discussing. Trying to, trying to figure out how to, how to, how to continue the how to ang- saga. But, how to angle yeah. that right. Yeah. Have you guys ever done a Kickstarter? No, we've, uh, no, no, no. It's been in the, it's been in the works for a while, but you know, you know how it should be. Um, but we... It's an idea. It's 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 possible that it may happen. It's possible that it may happen just to kind of like wrap up the Snow Days arc, in full. Yes, you, you you guys gotta do it. You guys would kill it. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> brothers got jobs. Brothers, you know, got. Yeah, that's one of the challenges. But that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but Newton, can we uh, just just pivot a bit to like to talk about the uh, the creative team on the book? You wanna you wanna shout out your team? Yeah, sure. So, um, of course, uh, the creators and writers are um, TJ and I of, you know, Villainous. Um, and so what we have is a super-duper creative team. Let me uh, just quickly go here. So 
to the project so I don't miss anybody. <clears throat> this is like at the Oscars where they're fumbling for their next yeah. cars. They're yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. producer so, on the... <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> too soon, too soon. That was, that is it too soon? <laughs> Man, that shit. <laughs> yeah, so we got... um For the first issue, so uh, we had two artists for the book, right? Um, the first artist was... Um, Edgy, he did, he's from France. Edgy Zian, he's, he did chapter one. He did both the illustration and the coloring. Um, really amazing artist. Um, like I said, he's out of Paris, France. You know, uh, we, we. Um, is there, is there a language uh, barrier there? Or what's, what's the deal with that? No, um, I don't think we ever spoke. It was all, you know, written, like okay. text. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I don't even know if he had an accent. <laughs> you know, so it's like, <laughs> no, right did. My artist for the Manana book, um, I mean, he speaks some English. I don't think, he, I don't believe he's fluent. Um, and yeah, I never, you know, just translated some scripts and got to work. Yeah, it's crazy. Even um, my main artist, uh, Giancarlo Bernal, shout out to my partner in crime, Giancarlo Bernal. Mm. Um, I think Legendary. we spoke like only twice, two, three times in the four or five years. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's all been uh, texting and emails, <laughs> you know? Um, which is incredible, but you know we still managed to, to form a relationship. That's yeah. my boy, right? Yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then the the second artist for the um, the book is uh, Silo Ferrius. He's he's out in Chile. Amazing artist. He drew uh, chapters two and three. Um, he's known for uh, Wretches from uh, Scout Comics and Elixium from Alterna Comics and some other comic books. Alterna. Um, he's right. an amazing artist. Um, I'm sorry. Alterna. No, I'm just familiar with Alterna. Yeah. Alterna. Yeah. Doing it. And the, the great thing is, you know, um, Wretches was a sci-fi book from Scout Comics. So he, he, you know, he's familiar with that whole cyberpunk kind of feel, which mm -hmm. Wretches had also, which is, which was great. And then we have this amazing colorist. His name is, uh, Loris Ravina. He is amazing. Um, he's also, uh, the colorist for TJ's, uh, books, I believe both, um, uh, Okamis and Joystick Angels. Um, Loris is a is an amazing colorist. I'm really picky about colorists, and he's he's he's, he's amazing. Mm. And then we we have the, the amazing uh, Deron Bennett. He's our letterer, and um, he should be. I think he's also going to be designing the book, um, laying it out. So um, we're in good hands there. Um, if you guys don't know, Deron Bennett, you know he's worked for Marvel and DC, and you know he's been nominated for a few awards so you know he's a really these are really top-notch people and we also have um some amazing cover artists um, um like i mentioned uh, i guess before we went live well i'm not sure if we were live when we discussed it but kanan white he's he's got the um the volume regular cover he did like an amazing job if you go to the kickstarter page you'll, you'll see his um the cover that he did it's just absolutely amazing um it's, it features uh, one of our characters, Major Strom, on the cover also. Mm. Uh, and if Major Strom, he, he's a big uh, shout out to uh, Wesley Snipes' character. I can see it. <laughs> in Demolition Man. Yeah, in Demolition yeah, Man. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Um, that's the one of the fun things about this book is within this is the one book where it, it, it was kind of fun because I was we were doing things like, you know, that we found cool. Like you know, Shatter's got a, a car like um, like Kit from Knight Rider, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like 
you know, we were just like doing stuff that we found cool. Yeah. That, you know that as as kids, it was, it really felt. I, sometimes it felt like I was I, I was like you know, uh, kind of just going back and pulling the the sensibility of you know. Um, Thirteen-year-old Newton, like, what, what do you think is cool? <laughs> you know, okay, let's do that. Uh-huh, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Oh, oh, you want, you know, you want Shatter to have a um, a mace as a weapon? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, and then we had some some other covers too. Um, uh, Giancarlo Bernal, he he's produced this this really beautiful wraparound cover. Um, it's so nice that I think we're going to try to make it like a virgin cover. So we're going to try to not even include our names in it. On the right, cover. right. Yeah. I just, love that. Pure cover. Yeah. Um, amazing artwork. Um, we also have uh, a cover from um, uh, Sean Damien Hill. Now, this cover oh, oh. is... Is a, a, a homage to uh, the Spider-Man. Spider-Man, number one. Yeah. yeah. And um, the the crazy thing is, uh, when we launched, it was an option as a cover. It was going to be the artwork in one of the, what we call the collector's box, right? But once we showed the image in one of our social media posts, people were just going crazy. They're like, "Oh wow, this this is amazing!" And then TJ he hit me up. He was like, "Yo, people have been asking me if this is a cover." Do you think we should make it a cover? I was like, give them what the people want, you know. <laughs> so, so we, you know, we added that as a as a option for a cover. Um, yeah, so you know, people really are really digging that that Sean Hill cover, um, which is pretty cool. And then we also have um, one more cover by the amazing creator of um, uh, Trill League. His name is Anthony uh, Piper. Piper, um, yeah. Yeah, so he he's going to... Um, he's not completed with the cover because he, he's really busy, but, you know, we'll be updating people, but he's going to be providing a cover. Um, I believe Anthony Piper, actually, he's he's running a Kickstarter himself right now. Um, he's got issue number two of Trill League out. So um, shout out to Mr. Piper. So, yeah, um, those are some of the amazing covers that we have, variant covers. Um, what we plan to do is the variant covers, you know, we're going to try to limit the amount that we have. So we're not going to produce as many editions of those as the, um, or I should say, as many copies of those as the regular cover. Um, that's one of the things I like to do to, um, to kind of reward people uh, with the variant cover. You know, it's not just like, hey, you know, let's just make uh, this variant cover uh, um, more expensive than the other the other covers but you know there's going to be a reason why because there's going to be less of them you know what i mean and then after that there's you know going to be no more printing of it there's not going to be a second printing of it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um rarity is one of the things that we we offer in, in the variant covers just to make sure that to kind of to reward people for um purchasing the variant covers you know what i mean yeah definitely um first of all like the the like you weren't playing about like the team and and the and the color because like the colors like really jump off the page like the cityscapes alone look crazy, uh, let alone like the, the the character designs. So I'm definitely and you said there's there's three chapters. Yeah, so it's um, it's you know it's a graphic novel and it's broken into three different chapters. It's gonna be at least eighty pages. So um, you know it's it's definitely gonna be a nice uh, thick volume. 
it's you know not gonna be this flimsy thin volume so yeah um, a lot of content and I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm glad we were able to do it because um, when I was doing Crescent City Monsters, it, it came out as floppies, which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, you always have that, hey, when's the next issue coming out? When's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. I, this yeah. is a run. Yeah, yeah. So at least um, they're still going to ask when the next issue is coming out. But, right. at least, you know, you, you f- I feel like we've given them enough where it's like, OK, you know, they, they have enough. And um, it's like I, I should, you know, kind of, you know. Help us, you know. Hopefully, we could come out with the next six issues. Uh, well, um, the next issue in six months, because um, that's one of the reasons too why uh, we have um, such a, a high goal for um, our Kickstarter. Because you know, it, you know, I don't want to give the impression that to people that we're 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 greedy and we just want money for the Kickstarter. Because um, as independent creators, you know, we we're paying out, um, out of pocket initially for this stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. there's only so long we can do that. Yeah. Usually. Um, your your sure. your timeline is slowed down by how much financing you could put into the book. So right. we we want to make sure that we have enough money to um, do volume two also as quickly as possible. So that's one of the reasons why we're encouraging people to um, back this project um, at, on Kickstarter um, at, when they can, because you know with with that money it, it affords us the ability to um, bring out the books faster. Um, so. You know, it's just not a matter of like, hey, you know, we're 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 greedy and we want to make sure that you know we're, we're collecting as much money as possible, because you know we we want to um, pad our bank accounts. No, it's actually all that, the the money that we raise is going to go right back into producing um, the comic book. You know, um, paying the artists. Listen and, to Newton dumping on all the floppies on Kickstarter. Just like <laughs> harsh, man. Just harsh. No, you you know it's, it's funny though because like and, and like I've supported many but like Same. and i and lord knows like you mentioned before like having been behind the scenes of creating as well i know how long it takes to create a floppy but um i did just update my my pledge because i, I want to get the physical book I, I, I was digital but i i, I updated to get the the physical because right. you know <laughs> i want to get get all 80 pages in my hand there you, you know? go yeah. yeah um yeah so like as far as can you uh, just talk a little bit about the the writing process, because you said that that you guys um, kind of both brought your your distinct writing styles together. So, like, how did you how did that that come together? How did you navigate that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was we we have a pretty cool process. So what we do is, you know, we we work, we work uh, chapter by chapter. So in the first chapter, we discuss like, okay, what is it that we want to cover in this chapter? Okay, so. We'll we'll talk about it and you know break it up into a few scenes, and then what we'll do is we'll um, each take like at, the, at least two scenes in the book, um, and then um, from there we'll write it out, and then we'll put it together, and then we'll sit down and we'll go through the whole book like the the whole script together, um, scene page by page, scene by scene. And then, you know, we'll we'll kind of like make sure everything kind of makes sense because, you know, there might be things that I say that contradicts what TJ says in page eight or, you know, it just sometimes something might not make sense. So, you know, we sit down and we 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 discuss like, OK, um, are we in the right step? And we kind of help remind each other like where we're headed to. So we're like, you know, well, if he does this or says this, then it won't make sense, you know, in the future if, you know, he does this. So, you know, it's it's that kind of process. Um, we both, you know, we, we both have, you know, an idea of, you know, where we're going with it. 
and you know we both have different um writing styles you know mine is more like um more serious and you know because you know you could tell from crescent city monsters i like Mm. gritty stories (laughs) so it's like right yeah (laughs) Like very serious. I, I rarely throw a joke in my in my dialogue. It's pretty like straightforward thing. You know, TJ likes to um write more, you know, colloquial and um he likes to add a lot of jokes and some raunchiness in there. <laughs> so, like, so like, you know, we, we kinda like um always try to meet in the middle. And so, you know, the you, you'll you'll read the script and it won't feel like exactly like something that i wrote but you 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 feel like okay yeah this is um it's got my touch in it and then you know when you when you read the book you'll also feel a little bit of tj's um touch on the book too so mm. i think, it, you, I think it's good oh, sorry i was gonna i was gonna say do you find so being that like you guys are both coming at it from those those different styles do you find even like subconsciously that either either one of you in, kind of like informed the other one like, do you find some of maybe like the, like TJ's uh, style happening in your writing at all, or does it still stay pretty distinct? Um, when I write by myself, it still stays distinct, right? But, right. but um, I mean, on this book in particular. Yeah, on this book, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the the cool part is like, it's 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 a good exercise, especially as a writer, because like it it forces me to open up like, in a way like like open up to ideas that normally like I wouldn't like take like so I you know I I really have to like open my mind and say okay um what is TJ trying to say and how is he trying to um to convey that and so um and TJ does the same thing so you guys are like writing to each other a bit Mm. yeah 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 yeah. And, and then writing to each other and trying to understand like what we're trying to say because you know the the thing is you know if you if you don't do that then you're you're gonna agree disagree with a lot of what somebody says you know because um you know and then it's and it's good too because you learn like like okay you you learn to place yourself in the um other person's eyes like okay what are they seeing or how are they picturing this in a way that i'm not Mm, and so mm -hmm. when you force yourself to do that you you kind of like reimagine like the character or the story in a different light. So you're like, okay, you know, I was looking at it from this way, and you know, TJ is looking at it from that way. So I see what he's saying, and you know, um, you know, I might I might not agree with like uh, the the particular like way he went about it, but um, I see what he's saying. So if um, and you know, you're like, I, I like the idea, but you know, let, let's see if we could kind of come in. And into a way where we can um, and and work it that that satisfies the both of us. You know what I mean? So, and 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 that that's an exercise that that I kind of find useful as a writer. I'm trying to think. I feel like it's fairly uncommon for a comic to to do the two writers thing. The one that I remember, which is different than than the design that you're describing, is. Uh, is Gotham Central, because Gotham Central was, if I'm not mistaken, Ed Brubaker, Brubaker. and Chuck Dixon. But right. each of them took a different police shift. So Wait, was it was it Chuck Dixon or was it Greg Rucka? Or oh, you it might, doesn't matter. I, you know what? In, in, this is probably insulting. I mix them up all the time. I think it may have been Greg. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it may okay. have been Greg Rucka. I only say that because I've been reading some, some Greg Rucka from around that time, and I think he <clears throat> introduced a lot of those Gotham 
detective characters that ended oh, up. Oh, in, in that book that like became yeah, bigger yeah. things. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, Brubaker yeah. and Rucka and like each of them would take a police shift. So like Brubaker, right. I think, had the day shift. Night time. Yeah, day. Yeah, and yeah. Rucka had the night shift. Oh, Okay. Um, but at the but yeah, like I mean, it, and it's not that it's not totally unprecedented. I just know that it's like rather rare. Um, so it's an interesting pairing. Uh, yeah. And it's also interesting. I mean, obviously, just because it's like a, I was gonna say it's like a unification of your communities, but I feel like uh, you know you and Sterling probably uh, have this same communities to be, <laughs> to begin with. Like in a lot, I feel like there's crossover, there's extant crossover already. Um, but I love it. Like when I was a kid, I remember reading. There were like novelists that would do that. There were novelists that would do like combos. You remember who did Stephen? Stephen King did. Um, what is that writer's name? The writer of the Talisman. Talisman. Oh my God! Well, I can't remember the writer's name. Stephen King did like a thing where like they both wrote a wrote a series. They wrote like this like uh, mm. like kind of like uh, horror uh, crime series. Oh my God, I can't remember the name. I don't think I read that one. They read The yeah. Talisman. But yeah, like it's it's a pretty novel approach and it's cool. I mean, like I love uh, the collaborative aspect of comics in general and I love the collaborative aspect of writing overall. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh... Well, yeah, because I mean, comics is naturally, to your point, is naturally like collaborative, but it's like, but yeah, I'm like the... From from the writing angle though, yeah, it it is pretty rare. It's rare. It's not. It, it has happened. I I'm trying to think of like another example other than Gotham Central. I can't at this. Point. I think well, what David Walker and Sheena Howard on um what was oh that? on special superb 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 was, superb, uh, superb. Yeah, yeah. oh really okay yeah, yeah that was but yeah that was only the only time I mean, yeah we happened to what I said we, would be kind of a fucked up name for that book right I feel bad about saying no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, mean it's, it's right. Yes, yes. I get it. It's it's no. I I I I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah. But that, um, that book, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was a great book, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, shout, yeah. Out, shout out to Lion Forge. Mm -hmm. I actually got to speak to Joe, Joe Willage recently, but um. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was I was guest I was guest hosting another podcast. Um, they they asked me at the last minute to jump in, and they happened to be interviewing. They actually brought him in because they knew they knew that I uh. Has spoken to him in the jo past. Yeah, Joe was here not terribly long ago. We we, yeah, we, had, not too long. we had Joe on like a year ago, maybe. I think so. Yeah, we should. Oh no, no, not even because um, it was when uh, um, it was for print the Prince the, the Prince book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why is the name escaping? It we was just within a year. It. it was within a year. Um, uh, MPLS Sound. MPLS, MPLS Sound. Sound. MPLS Sound. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep talking. I gotta get. It. I gotta plug in my uh my headphones. I'll be, I I can hear you guys though. Okay. All right. Right on. Yeah, shout out to Joe. I think he he um he started a production company, right? Uh, is he a yeah. movie production company? Oh, really? See, I, yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to Joe. Yeah. Anything. No, he did. He's uh that that new what's the name of the um. What? This yeah. Sounds familiar now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Like Fifty Cent's production company is yeah, uh. Trill League. It's for I think was it for Trill League or? Um, no, um, no, it was uh, Christopher Priest has a series. Is um, regarding Christopher Priest for okay. sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a Chris, and I need to, I need to actually read that book because that's that's one that like escaped my attention. But it's a Christopher oh, Priest series. The DC book, right? That they're reviving. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that they they let go and gave him the rights to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's actually a really interesting story and. I'm, honestly, we should just have Joe on to talk about it because it's it's a uh, yeah. We yeah, should. We should I mean, how many times does DC let a character go? Yeah, no, they, it doesn't really happen. It doesn't. You know? It doesn't. We should and also. Have... That, 
and that person ends up with a movie deal from that character. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? They're probably not going to let uh, you're, you're not going to see them let anything go. again. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, like the last one. Friggin', um, I was going to say we should have uh, <laughs> we should have Chico on because Chico has a lot of Christopher Priest stories. Chico like work with work with Priest back when he was a DJ. Yeah, man, that Hobgoblin story. I just was, was. Have you guys heard like the all of the behind the scene craziness no. behind like. That's a whole other episode. We don't even have time tonight, but it's pretty wild. All right, Christopher. Here. There was a lot of like changing editors. Mm-hmm. Like um, the, the 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 cliff notes is, is basically you know um, it was initially supposed to be um, what's that guy's name? The guy that used to be in the Spider-Man comes used to be the fashion designer. Um, oh, I almost said you know, uh, yeah. Kingsley. Kingsley. Because there was a, there was a, it was a mystery. They kept it a mystery as to who the Hobgoblin yeah, really yeah. was for so long, and. The story was like nuts. There was like all this editorial betrayal and like, and yeah. like, oh, it, was, <laughs> it was like a little verity. Yeah. Like, look it up if you get a chance. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. That's yeah, it was. It, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. But anyway, that that's a long. I don't even know. How, how did we even get to because of Hill Age but... and Priest and yeah. yeah <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Joseph Phillips. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is a good time to. Um, well, first of all, everybody listening, uh, we we tweeted the link. Uh, so definitely check our um, podcast feed. It's also in the Twitch uh, chat right now. So either go to Twitch or go to Twitter, and um, and and please, if you haven't backed the campaign, back it. And you know, if you're like me and you were doing digital, because you're trying to. Because money's tight this month, uh, you know. Consider if you can, uh, you know, up in your pledge. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, this is probably, you know, a good time to like. We'd like to get into the chat portion of the show where we just talk about what we've been been consuming or what's been been inspiring us, what we've been reading lately. So, um, Newton, I'll kick it to you as our as our special guest. Um, man, I've been binging on Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Nah. Le- Leona. <laughs> That's two v one. Two v one. I'm team. I'm team Alderson. So I like. It's... I like Mr. Robot. I have a ton of issues with it. I have a literal ton of issues with the show. I overall, it's it's on the it's on the yes it's on the yes side of things. Like I am Good. I am supportive Good. of the show, but I have a lot of fucking issues with it. A whole lot of issues with so many parts of it. Um, but it is very good. I also want to say like. Uh, to, to further the show's credit, um, I think it is sort of, it introduced what feels like something of a prestige approach to, mm-hmm. to, to, to serialized television. I feel like yeah. a lot of the shows that followed Mr. Robot felt like they had to step up their game when Mr. Robot was done. It was like, I think oh, you're, I think you're absolutely it. right. We can't yeah. just have like, you know, we can't just yeah. like skimp on the, on the production budget for this and that. It's like, cause, cause it was just like a, 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 a you know, yeah, well, it it, like, it brought this show. approach where you know, I mean, it's there. There's been a lot of I think prestige series that collectively, right, have have ushered have ushered us out of the era of like film being seen as like automatically superior yes. to TV. Yeah. Yes. But like, I think Mr. Robot, um, in a unique way, and dude, I, I, we kind of hijacked it. Well, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you speak <laughs> on it. But like for me, like Mr. Robot, uh just yeah like it it was like every season was like a long movie you know what i mean and mm-hmm. um it really brought that approach but but yeah yeah look so yeah what's your had you um watched it before or are you binging it for the first time so um <clears throat> when it first came out i, I started well i think no maybe the the season after it first came out but whatever close to when it first uh, was released i i was watching the first season 
Um, but <clears throat> I don't think I completed the first season. So <clears throat> I was like, you know what? I need a show to watch. I was like, let me watch Mr. Robot because I was watching, um, I was, uh, I was writing, you know, um, villainous and, you know, like a lot of the ideas from mm. Mr. Robot, I was mm. like, it's very similar to, um, villainous. So I was like, and for me, believe it or not, um, it's my inspiration really like for comic book writing really comes from watching movies and TV, um, and less from comic books, mm. you know, uh, I'll, I'll read a good comic book story and that'll inspire me like, yo, I need to up my game, mm. but you know, as far as like, you know, just having the juices flow and ideas, I'll sit down and watch Mr. Robot and I'll think of like, I, I won't, I won't grab an idea from the TV show, but in the back of my mind, like a story I'm thinking of will just start like, um, moving because that, the, it's so creative that it just like makes my juices flow in terms of ideas. Mm. So um, <clears throat> I, I decided to watch Mr. Robot. And, you know, after the first season, I was like, wow, this show is so good. I watched the second season and I was like, wow, um, uh, what's the name? The director. I was like, he, he's really, I said, he's really confident in the viewers. Like, um, wanted um being that in that world and um mm -hmm. him taking his time and to develop it because he yeah. was he was really like taking that for granted he i was like wow he really assumed that we really love this world and that we're gonna be in it and he he didn't really dumb anything down or he didn't look like he was doing anything to um to like he wasn't concerned with like oh i hope this is not too slow or too confusing or too da -da -da -da. yeah and and then um and then I was I was watching the the beginning of the third season and it blew my mind because I was like wow the third season the third season was really good yeah I was like it, it was just basically making um the the third um the second season look even better because as you're watching the the third season I was like wow how did he do that I was like I was like I I got to do that too because he's like the the way he did it is like the third season was basically like um like the um the things that you didn't see happened in the second season and right. the way it was executed was mm. so beautiful i was like i was like my gosh i was like i wonder if you could do this in comics i was like <laughs> you know so i was like i, I was just in awe of it um the was the third season the, the one that started sorry to interrupt was that was that the one that started in the uh in in the the fast food restaurant with um what's his name with the oh, the Italian yeah. guy, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's only got one name. <clears throat> Marshall, he's Bobby Carnival. Uh, he's Bobby yeah, Carnival. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forget yeah, his I name on the show it. though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I also can't remember it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So yeah, that that that's the third season, and that's the other thing too. Every like, it seems like every season they're introducing. Uh, a really interesting character. His character, Bobby Carnival's character. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, where did they come up with this guy? I was like, Irving, <laughs> Irving, that's Irving, it. Yeah, Irving, yeah, Irving. Yeah. I was like, did the actor make up Irving, or was it scripted out? I was like, Wait, either have way, you this finished? guy. No. Um, no, no. I'm, You're not there. Uh, All right, we won't. I say got anything. one more, right, right. one more episode in um the uh, the third season. Um, okay. the only thing about the third season is like the la it seems like the last few episodes, like maybe I'm up to the next to last. I've got one more. The last, it seems like the last two I've watched is like, I was like, okay. I was like, wow, I can't believe what, you know, eh, the episodes were like, only like, you know, like, you know, eh, you know, usually the episodes like, wow, this was great. Um, it, it feels like they're, um, it, I don't know, for some reason it feels like they're outgrowing the, um, 
Mr. Robot character. Like it seems like he's he know. he sort of fades a bit into the distance, like as a part of mm -hmm. the story. It's true. Like he, like yeah. Darlene becomes more important, and uh, mm -hmm. for yeah. for certain reasons that will yeah we can't I can't really say too much. Yeah, but, like uh, that's like yeah. deliberate, but that's very. Different. I don't want Yeah, I don't want to. Is, thir is third season is the third season the the episode with the oneer? No, that's why that's I wasn't four. trying to say anything. That's, that's four. four. Okay. So I don't okay. even like. I don't. That's want to amazing. It's my, a, gr a great episode. My favorite. Get. I have to say, my still my favorite episode of the show, and I need. It, it, I probably do need a rewatch of it to be quite honest. Um, but my favorite episode of the show is in season one, and it's, it's the episode where his girl gets kidnapped by that psycho. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite episodes of television. Is that episode? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking uh, about. It was, yeah. It's like that was like though. I was literally it's... like on the edge of my seat for the entire episode. Like it is. No, it, I remember where I was when I watched that. It was it was crazy. It's but yeah, and it, it wrecks you at the end. It Absolutely, just, it's brutal. It's brutal. That's like one of my favorite episodes of television. Yeah. That's so good. Um, the the one last thing I like about the show too is um, this is gonna seem kind of like. Uh, <clears throat> It's a, but yeah, it's it's a really uh, really a New York show because anytime sure. like all the scenes are like so New York. Like I've never seen a TV show that takes advantage of New York as much. I'm like I'm like wow. I've seen movies filmed in New York, but mm -hmm. this is like really captured like a lot of you know especially the subways because usually the subways I think they they rename the subway. Um, they station. do, or it's in Vancouver. But, a lot of New York, a lot yeah. of shows shoot Vancouver for New York or something, and this show doesn't. It's like New York as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, this this show is so New York. I was like, this is great. I was like, so you know, just the fact that they kind of capture that. Well, I mean, you know, that feel for some particular parts of New York, because you know, mm -hmm. my part in New York, I live in the Bronx, doesn't really feel like that. <laughs> but you no know, no Bronx love. Were you were you on the Bronx? Were you on the Bronx noon? Uh, Wakefield, the Wakefield area. So Wakefield, um, it's right. like yeah, it's like North Bronx. So it's um. I'm at, well. I have I have a place in North Bronx. That's where I was before I came out came out west in Bedford Park. Oh okay, yeah, Bedford yeah. Park. Yeah, Bedford, Bedford's pretty north. Um, Shout out to the Bronx. Yeah, BX all day. Um, people don't know best pizza in the fucking city is in the Bronx. Um, the uh, the least populated borough. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, it was regarding snowfall. Snowfall. Oh, yeah, uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna, have, you, have you watched the Snowfall? You up on Snowfall? No, um, I've been meaning to watch it though. Dude, uh, that's my highest record. It's, that's the best show on television. Yeah, it's it's worth jumping into. Yeah, Leo, Leo sold me on it. Uh, I pressured. Last year. I pressured. And Marcus I, I, I burned. To watch it. I burned through it so quickly that I I just caught up with the the season that was going on last year. Like you know what I mean? Because it was. It's, it's pretty. If you like Mr. Robot, like, I mean, as, especially like, cause yeah, we, were just, yeah. we were just talking about like production values and a sort of like artistic approach to like the construction of the show. I mean, mm. snowfall is that in spades. Like it is a hundred percent that it is like, it is, I feel like it's probably too expensive for the amount of people that watch it. And that sucks. <laughs> but no, I think, yo, people are watching it because, like Tony was saying, they had commercials on it in the movies. And, like, pressing it, I'm yeah. listening to podcasts and it's on. People are talking about it's on buses. I hope so. I, hope I think I it. think it's getting, like, heavy viewership because they wouldn't be pouring that kind of money into it if, uh, if it wasn't, you but know? As, speaking of Snowfall, I think this is why it was, like, in my head. Because we're talking about, like, how, how Mr. Robot shoots New York for New York, which is, like, rare. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, in uh, in Snowfall, where uh, where Teddy goes to meet his handler, and it's 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 actually been in Snowfall numerous times. There's this place with these buildings in the background. That's like the scene. That's like right near where I used to live in L.A. It's actually not. Uh, in, it's not in D.C. It's like it's actually a, a Korean radio station. <laughs> <laughs> but they shoot it like a government building. It's really fucking weird. And every time it comes up in Snowfall, I'm like, that's not decent. It's like literally that's like. Funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the craziest one was uh, the one of my favorite is, is just X-Files because everything was was Canada. But it oh. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter where You're right. it's supposed to be. It's always Canada. Yeah. And sometimes you just hear the Canadian accents coming through. It's <laughs> right, like a moose walking by and it's just like. Yeah. It's like, hey, <laughs> DC is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah word 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 so it's wow. fun i've been um i've been on a little bit of oh wait would you want to talk talk more about snowfall or? no no I'm, I'm i've talked enough about oh, snowfall. Yeah. just yeah. You need to watch okay it. yeah newton make that your next show please please i'll, I'll put it on the list yeah man. yeah check out snowfall you love it all right well i've definitely on the show spoken a lot about my love of uh sean martin burroughs artwork and um mm -hmm. he uh so i i had been reading um like he 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 had done oh we spoke about like Greg Rucka he had done like a a run of detective comics back in the day with Greg Rucka, um, also like that's that's a dream guest I'd love to get on the show you know because Sean R Martin Burrow I think I I dug his work before I even realized he was black and then I was like oh that's even we can better get Martin Burrow on you the know? show yeah I, well we should man we should yeah. at some you, point you grew but, up in the Bronx too who me oh no I didn't. No, 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 Sean. No. Sean did. Sean, oh, Sean did. did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll yeah, use yeah, that. I'll yeah. use oh, that in the email. I'll use that. Yeah, in the email. yeah, yeah. Leo, Leo, get that. <laughs> yeah, get those <laughs> rocks going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, um, uh, our last uh, episode with, um, you know, when we were talking about Friday Foster, um, with Chris, uh, he he brought. We were talking about detective comics, and he he brought up uh, Angel Town. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I finally got it in the mail, and it's 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 dope. Oh, I mean, uh, nice. Yeah, I've been reading through it, so it's uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it if anybody can get it. I guess it was originally a Vertigo book. It was. I was sub to it in Bob's box. I have it in the Bronx. Yeah, I remember seeing the ads back in the day, but I didn't, I didn't read it at the time. So I definitely, I'm glad I, glad I picked it up. That's so. awesome. That's awesome yeah, that you series called again. Uh, Angel Town. Angel and there's Town. a yeah, there's a collected volume um, that you can get online. It's actually not from DC, even though it was originally DC. It's reprinted through another publisher I, I feel like when it was out like it sort of came and went like it got it was like i saw yeah. ads for it in comics it was it had some attention but then like no one talked about it like a few months later yeah i know i'm so <laughs> i mean i'm glad i'm reading it now but i wish i'd read it when it came out there's so many, I, I remember seeing the ads and i just there's so I, many books like that dude i mean like it's crazy yeah. to me that unless something's changed recently that peter mill peter milligan's one of my favorite writers uh, his shade, the Changing Man run, has never been fully collected, unless mm. it has since. Since I don't think it has. Um, his Human Target, I don't know if that was ever fully collected either. It was partially collected, like Vertigo started like collecting it, and then I think that's when they got sold and it was done, and people haven't gone back to it. It's crazy, like it's crazy how like there these books that were like a big deal, like the yeah. floppies that were a big deal at the time, and some of them. Some of them get, you know, get square bound and some of them don't. And like, it, it doesn't really seem to be a rhyme or reason sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't I'm know, glad man, that did. That's dope. I might, I might order it. I want to. It is. It's worth reading. I, I nice... have a feeling I didn't get it all. I have a feeling I didn't collect it all. Um, 
and yeah, I might just want to. Yeah, I don't know if it. I, you're right because I don't know that I have the entire thing, but like it's um, but it's it's a it's a good amount of it, and it's a good it's really good it's read. A, I, yeah. oh, I see it says only issues one through five. Maybe it's just this one website. Oh, okay. Yeah. We gotta get but, Sean on here. Yeah, we do, man. We do because I, I love his work. And then you know, Thief of Thieves was dope. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. But yeah, man, that's that's what I've been taking in. Um, you know, been. I've been reading. I bought, I bought a stack of. Uh, even though uh, you can still read this all for free online. This wow, this came up. I should have brought this up when we were talking about people getting web comics that you can read online for free. Mm. Um, I picked up the entire run of uh, the the Prince of Octopus Pie by Meredith Gran, which is oh, my favorite yeah. web comic ever made. That's um, collected into five. Image put it out. The first book is tricky to find and is not always available. It's not expensive when you find it. It's mm. just not always, you can't always find, sometimes it's not, it's like Amazon won't have a used copy. It hasn't been reprinted in ages. Um, uh. But I got them all. Uh, and I'm just, and like, I've only ever read the entire thing online. And I read some of it on Image because I was reviewing uh, comics for a website that will not be named. Uh, and, and they released the digital version. So I read like some of them, like not on the web, but digitally in the nice collection, digitally. But I, now I own them all. I have the whole stack of Octopus Pie, and I've just been picking at that. And Octopus Pie is delightful and great. And it's, it's, it's just it's one of those like so many web comics is the kind of thing that evolves. It starts as a punchy, Bloom County joke a week kind of comic. Yeah. And by the end of it is like it's a powerfully profound like it, like emotional story about relationships and adulthood. And it, it gets me it gets me, right here. Gets me right. I'm, I'm have, I'm, I'm <clears throat> Highest recommendation. I, I adore it. I think Meredith Grant yeah. is a genius, as an unsung genius, and Octopus Pie is just like a, a beautiful book. And it is also even by the end of it, even when it gets really into its melodrama, it's very funny. It's very sharp and, and cutting. Uh, yeah. I really love it. I, I can't I can't really sing the praises of that book enough. It's it's a beautiful beautiful experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the site now. It looks pretty good. I love Octopus yeah. Pie. Like I said, it, it changes a lot. Like, I mean, colors introduced. I mean, she she gets better as she makes mm -hmm. the book. You know what I mean? So by the end of the book, I mean, she's functioning like with all her with all her powers. Right. Um, but I but I think it's fun and accessible. Even at the beginning, I, I like its joke format in the beginning as well. It's good. Um, but where it goes is just like super interesting. And it's got a super diverse cast. Takes place in New York. She was living in New York at the time. I don't believe Meredith is originally from New York. <laughs> Um, I interviewed her ages ago. Her video game came out not that long ago, um, Perfect Tides, which uh, she sent me a copy of, which was really nice of her. Um, and it's, if anybody if anybody is uh, interested in uh, old school point and click adventures uh, and wants to check it out, Perfect Tides, awesome game. But yeah, Octopus Pie, I try to bug everybody into reading that because yeah, it's just a really, it uh, it's great, it's great. And man, when it, it and it's insightful and just when it when it gets there. When it kind of when it kind of gets its bearings and decides what it wants to be as a creative project, mm -hmm. it's so effective and powerful, uh, and while still being funny, it's a great book. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Oh, also, I didn't want to forget. Shout out to Namaki. Uh, always come through with the facts. Uh, Namaki pointed out that like Trilogue, he was born the Trilogue didn't happen, um, and Fifty was producing it for Quibi. Quibi, that's what happened. Quibi, it was a Quibi, was a Quibi, <laughs> Quibi joint. joint. Okay. Oh, oh man, okay. Quibby. So, that's that's, that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> 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 you know, like oof. Quibby. Yeah. Man, mm. Quibby took a lot down with it, I think. There was a lot of shit cooking on Quibby when it when it went. 
Yeah, and then I, I don't know. I have, I admittedly have not been like super up on Quibi, but I, I think at some point um, after it seemed to fall through, they were talking about still doing something. So I don't know. I don't think that happened. I don't. I think yeah, I don't think. The, I, I think, think you're some right. of the properties got hustled onto other shit, and and, mm -hmm. and most of them didn't. I know that it, well, you it, know, it fucked a lot of comics because weren't like, we were a bunch of comedians that got like sitcoms yeah. on it, and they all died. Not That's the, what I was going to say. Not, not the comedians, I, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. No, but I, I, I hope that they get to. I mean, well, in the comic book world, we have seen a thing where you know, like people, like creators are fighting to get their stuff back from from a publisher that shall not be named. But uh, nah, I'll name them Action Lab. Anyway, like, but uh, you know, I wonder if if in the Quibi case, if everybody got to retain the rights to their stuff. I would hope they did. Namaki says most, they did. most of them are on Roku. Oh okay. Like, oh, they did. Last, they um yeah. From what I heard last um, they're um gonna continue uh with the project being um okay. Either made well, into as for movie. IP, I mean yeah, who would fucking have the IP? I mean yeah, it, I don't know. I'm... Was Quibi absorbed? I feel like it sort of just like shattered. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you mean um, Trill League has the IP? No, well, not specifically Trill well, League just, because that's. Well, I guess I was just more thinking conceptually because because like we were talking about like all these creative people were kind of getting their big shots on Quibi, right. you know and what I mean? Got, and, and then it got shacked. So I'm just wondering if, if just in general, if, if like the when it all fell through, that was what I was wondering aloud, is if they got to keep the rights to their stuff or how that worked. But Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess... The, I yeah. mean, if, if they, their lawyers did their jobs, I'm sure they did, you know? Right, right. But man, like we've seen, you know, like I said, the, in the comic book world, you know, a lot of, I mean... Yeah, right, right. I mean, how long did Miracle Man take to reprint? Like twenty years, or something like. Yeah, that, that's maybe a at least case, right. right? Yeah. I want to say yeah. it was a very it was it was at least two decades, and yeah, it probably was more. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're getting ready to wrap, but but Newton, before we do, um, do you? I, I guess outside of the the villainous campaign, which once again, if you are listening right now, uh, you you should absolutely Slab and support. Poppy. Yep. But um, outside of, of of villainous, like what? Uh, can you tell us about anything else that you're working on? Is there any more uh, Crescent City in the near future? Um. Yeah. So yeah, just the other day, someone was asking me about Crescent City Monsters. They're like, oh, when's issue five coming out? So <clears> yes, uh, Crescent City Monsters. You know where. I'm still working on Crescent City Monsters, but uh, just the writing. Currently, uh, we took a, a detour, so we're writing uh, Keisha Demon Eater. Um, oh, yeah, that's Keisha. right. Yeah, so uh, Gene, you know, he's only got time for one book. So um, based on the response that we've gotten from the excitement of Keisha Demon Eater, I was like, you know what? Um, we're going to kind of just take, you know, a little side trip and start uh, writing, um, uh, producing that book. So Gene is, you know, plugging away. Um, we should be finished the first, uh, he, he's almost finished the first chapter. Um, and this this one's going to have uh, two versions. It's going to have Gene's, um, you know, beautiful uh, grayscale work. And I'm also going to, at the same time, come out with a color copy too. Um, and his grayscale work is going to have Gene's great script work is going to have uh, splashes of color in it too, so that's going to make it. it now, is is he coloring it, or is, is someone else? Doing no, um, I'm going to get somebody else to color it. Um, okay. As as soon as Gene is finished with Keisha, we're going to move on to something else. So it's like, 
Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I was gonna say. He's he's busy. Like I I can tell he's always you know, yeah. knocking out something. So so um, and then um oh and then there's this one project. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. This is one project that I want to work on. Um, and and you did the drawing for it. Uh, remember Ace Harlem? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So I I wanna I wanna I wanna work on that. <laughs> but that's that's like so so like far in the um in the future that you know I might. You know, it's, it's don't worry. It's, I'm not gonna come okay. to you. <laughs> but, no, I mean, yeah. hey man, I'm, like, just, I'm just putting it out there because um, that's and I'm yeah, sure. like the more the the further ahead I know, the better. And like, yeah, I I have I have fun doing that doing that illustration. So yeah, you're, you're familiar with the the back history of Ace Harlem, right? It was yeah, so. yeah, a little bit because it was in like one of the oh, you know, um, Invisible Ink. I think that that book about black creators or, or black characters, right? Didn't they, it, yeah, yeah, they yeah. talked about it in there. Anyway, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying that I, I'd, I'd want to kind of revive that character because um, since it's, it's uh Is public it public domain? domain? Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah. I hope it right. is. <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah. it is, probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah you know. I mean, Steamboat <laughs> Willie's public domain, man. Is it? Yeah, you could you could you could do a Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie type thing right now. You could do it Man, right now. if you were going to, it needs to be anti-racist and like subversive as hell. Yeah. Subversive as hell because man, f f, f those cartoons. Yeah, yeah, Steamboat Willie smashes the system. I need yeah, I need I need that would be I need, interesting. I need something like, like that. Just yo, yo, who could do that? David Walker. He he likes to there you go to play uh, play around with controversial material and and like flip it. Like so, I, I could see him. Yeah, I heard that broke out of copyright like not that long ago. It doesn't mean you can use like the convent, the contemporary uh, visage right. of Mickey, but apparently you can use Steamboat Willie Mickey. Oh man, that's crazy. Oh, you give me, you give me ideas. You give me ideas. <laughs> I mean, double check that shit, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Yeah, we have to make our our, our subversive. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't even know what we would do with it, but you know. Yeah, that, that would be crazy, uh, if, especially if uh, David Walker did it. You know, I'd back anything that David Walker does. There you go. Yep, yeah, that's the G. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe like a Shadowhawk type. Uh, not not Shadowhawk. Um, <laughs> Night Nighthawk. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, Nighthawk sure. type uh, type uh, book. Yeah. Sure, sure. All right, cool. All right, well, yo, we're looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, man, Ace Harlem. I mean, that 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 sounds good. Um, Newton, where can people uh, find you online? Yeah, so all across, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, my handle is uh, Dream Fury Comics. That's D R E A M F U R Y Comics. Um, yeah, and if you want to follow, um, well, well, not if, but please follow the villainous handle, which is uh, Villainous Comic. Uh, villainous is spelled V I L L A I N U S. Um, oh, that's one thing that I, I, we really need to get into, but the spelling of the name. It's just a take on the on the idea that you know they villain us. It's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So it's spelled villain us, and you know without the O. <laughs> um. Yeah. Villainous comic um, uh, across all social media too. And okay. if you want to check out the uh the Kickstarter, you can just go to villainous.com and it'll take you straight there. Simple as that. Boom. Vanity right, links. Cool. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, Leo, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Leonardo EFF on Twitter, where I've not been tweeting a lot lately, but you can find me there anyway. 
Um, you find me in the pages of Manana, the Latinx sci-fi anthology put out by the wonderful Joe McGill, uh, along with our, our, our absent co-host, Tony. Uh, he, has a, he has a comic in the digital version. Um, and you can find me every weekend. Typically now, we've been sort of diverted to Sundays uh, for Cartoons and Serial, where we watch 80s and 90s cartoons and talk a lot of shit. On Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, Newton, if you're ever, if you're ever around on Saturday, Sunday mornings, like, you know, join us. We, we, we have a lot of fun. We, uh, we watched, uh, we started watching Cops, but then, you know, we just. We, we can watch. We 20, watched 2020 episode. happened and it just, it just didn't feel right. We you know watched I mean? an <laughs> episode since. We have watched yeah, the Cops yeah, episode yeah, since. Because yeah, that show is yeah. so stupid. Like, it, it is, yeah. it's propaganda, but it's like dumb as fuck. Like, it's it's, not... the, it's, it's so dumb that yeah. it kind of, is it, is it kinda, I mean, yeah, I know in itself but it's like it's not really promoting anything because no. they're ridiculous you know they what I are mean? the cops and the criminals are both ridiculous and silly in that it's just like stupid fun it's it's good we'll watch another episode of that like i do, I do have long. to ask how, how was the uh how was the comic book because i i've never read the cops comic i, I read the, the first issue it was you know um you know with comics like that and considering that you know it's older mm-hmm. you kind of like have to look at it in a different light Right, right. Uh, that yeah. said, it, okay, you know, it, it wasn't bad for what it was. Um, it was it was a little bit deeper than you know I expected. You know, it still had some some of its silliness, but right. um, I think it was it was definitely better than or went um, deeper than the the cartoon. And not to say it went deeper, I shouldn't even use that word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, it's uh, profound. It's profound. Yeah. It was a profound yeah. experience. You know, it was like <laughs> cops, but if cops was the Dark Knight Returns kind right, of thing, right, yeah. you know, it was like a real examination. You know, it's, it's reflective of of society and you know our, the, hu- the human experience. Yeah. No, but because I, I guess I, I guess that's what I was asking because I remember um how like the the GI Larry Hama GI Joe um comic. You know, they they got into some stuff. In there that they couldn't on the the cartoon, so I was I guess I was wondering if like tonally, it was kind of like that. Yeah, the, so it, the what appealed to me wasn't really like the story, but it was just uh, really like how they kind of um, uh, showed you the, um, the the teaming up of the good guys and the bad guys and mm-hmm. how the groups were formed. That that part was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else was like yeah, it was okay. <laughs> all right, all right. You yeah. probably was, you know, the only drawbacks you had to do the, the berserker voice in your head, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the voices oh, in that show are so good. Yeah, and the thing too is that I actually, actually didn't even finish reading it because, believe it or not, there's only so much of like older comics I could read before I'm like, oh, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> and I was like, you know, um, I could only take maybe like one or two issues, and then I'm like, all right, I need a break. <laughs> Well, they, there was there was an era of the '90s when like a lot of the image guys had left, right? And then like Marvel would have these guys that were kind of doing their imitation, and oftentimes yeah. not good imitation of yeah. the image guys. Yeah. Was it? Did it come out during that kind of that period after the image guys had left? That no, that, that would have been pre-image. I think that would have been pre the form. Oh, oh, so when they left, when they left the big two, you mean? Yeah, there was like there was like a little vacuum, you know. Yeah, what I mean? there was like. I guess that is when cops came out. That probably was when the comic dropped. Yeah, huh? Yeah, probably around then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was okay. right, right in that pocket. Well, also, it didn't, it didn't feel like there was any touches of like anything else influencing that book. Like no edge, no like hard yeah. edge or anything. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't really that much of a hard edge. 
Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, they they kept it pretty simple, you know. And I didn't I didn't feel like oh this reminded me of such and such or you know mm-hmm. I wasn't too impressed with the writing where I was like oh who wrote this. <laughs> same yeah. with same with the show. Uh, the, real <laughs> real quick, Nimalki. This is a good point. Nimalki says cops could maybe replace Jim. All right. I mean, there you know, is a, there's possibility. quite a bit of it. Yeah, that's we had yeah. hasn't come up. We we're gonna have to talk about that. We're gonna talk about. Although that. I think last week, you know, we can get into this on on Sunday. But I think last week we had an idea for another possibility. I can't remember what it was, but we'll have to we'll have to figure it out. Well, yeah. yeah. I, think, I do have to say one thing about cops, though. The idea mm-hmm. is so prime for like a, a remake. Yeah, yeah. That's what the mall keeper saying. Yeah. So it's a really it's like I could see like somebody taking the idea of cops. And remake it and just making it dope, like mm. you know it, that that was that would be one thing where like if you made a remake of nobody would be upset, you know like oh Probably no not. one was like, oh you just spoiled cops right, <laughs> right. right. ruining the heritage yeah, yeah, yeah nobody would yeah. say that yeah. yeah I feel you on that this, this this series lit the creative fires in me when I was when I was a child <laughs> right you got it you yeah. got it you you can't do BP dirty uh, Marcus yeah. where can people find you my dude. Uh, man, you can find me on Twitter at MarcusKwame.com and on Instagram at Marcus underscore Kwame or just at uh, MarcusKwame.com. Uh, you know, that that's it. Uh, uh, check out the Black Panther Party of Graphic Novel History, which I did with uh, David Walker through 10 speed press he's still, and he's still um, talking about that man like really you got the ones always remind me not that i didn't you know no i, I do have to say I, like, i'm gonna fuck with you either way i'm gonna fuck with you when you mention i'm fuck with you when you don't. right if i don't know <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. so i might as well tell y'all check, check it out hell yeah out. buy that book it's a it's a fucking gem yeah, yeah. yeah. i got my copy it's, it's dope i love it man. i got my hardcover baby cool man thanks much appreciated Oh, um, well, you got one up me, man. Now I got to get a hardcover, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, wait, is there a hardcover? I think, I think you're... Is my hardcover? No, it's it's like, uh, it's it's paperback, but it's nice. It's just a nice story. You're making, like... you're making me want to check it. Hold on. Okay. Is mine a hardcover? It's just got a cool binding. Really? Am I, it... whoa. Am I hallucinating that it's a hardcover? Wait, Maybe it is. I don't know. Wait a minute. You're oh, right. Man, it does, no, it does have a special. You're right. It's not a hardcover. Yeah. It's just, my but, bad. That's, but my you know bad. what? But my hey, bad. hey, you're helping to make my point. <laughs> the the production on the book is it, so it, nice. It has a strong card back. Right, right. Strong could, card back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 so. yeah. All right, but enough about me. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Please check out the Villainous Kickstarter. I'm looking forward to getting mine eventually in the mail. And you know what? I'm not going to bug you. When it shows up, it shows up. Because I know you deliver on your Kickstarter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah. Um, yeah, check, check us out soon, everyone. We are trying to get back to doing more regular episodes. And you can always find us on Sundays. So, um, shout out to Namalki and everyone else who's watching. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. Yep. Thanks, Newton. Peace good night, out. y'all. Peace, Newton. Peace. <laughs> Black comics, Black chat. comics, Black chat. comics chat.